morning, First Mennonite Church. Well, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, in spite of the weather, that's a little gloomy today, but still a beautiful day because we are here to experience the day. We are here to see the day and even to feel the rain that falls upon us as we go in and out of the doors that we have been allowed to enter. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving Father, we just thank you today for all that our ears will hear, all that our eyes will see, and for all that we will experience while we are here together. Oh Lord, I just ask that you will open up our, open up our ears so that we can hear from you. Open up our hearts so that we may love more. Open up our eyes so that we will see you in each and everything that we encounter. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. So the scripture has been read for us, and the title for today is Reach Out and Touch. And as you know, it's the story of the woman who had the issue of blood. So in studying this passage, I encountered three concepts that I'd like to share with you. Knowledge, audacity, and restoration. So let us begin with knowledge. I believe many of us have heard the saying that knowledge is power. And in the case of the woman with the issue of blood, it is. It's what you know, and when you know what you know, what do you do with what you know? She has this information about Jesus. She heard about him. She heard about the miracles he performed for others. Now that she knows this, what will she do with this information? Her thoughts were, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I know I can be made whole. So let's take a moment to talk about the significance of Jesus' hem. Reading this on the surface level with blind faith, we see and hear, oh, she touched Jesus' hem and was made whole. But when we take the time to think about the ancient world and the customs, we find that there is so much more than just touching the bottom of Jesus' cloak. We find the mention of hymns in Numbers 15, 37 through 41, when God instructed Moses to tell the Israelites to make tassels on the corners of their garments with a blue cord on each tassel throughout their generations. And each time they look at the tassel, it's to be a reminder to recall the commandments and to obey them and not to chase after the lust of their hearts and eyes. The tassels were attached to a long, a long rectangular cloth with four corners that draped over the body. The cloth was called tzitzit. Over time, the style changed and the cloths were more round than squared. The Israelites called this a tallit, which was worn by Orthodox Jews. It is believed that when the woman touched the hem of Jesus' garment, she would have touched a tassel. I don't know if you've ever seen a tallit in person. Um, it's usually what you might see an Orthodox Jew wear when they're in prayer time. And so I had one that I was going to bring, and I forgot it. But then I just realized I have tassels on my shawl, so we'll pretend that this is it. The fringe of a robe was also an, uh, an identifying statement. So in 1 Samuel 24, verses 1 through 22, we find where David cut off the hem of Saul's robe, which identified him as a king. The tassels were also decorative features that were a status symbol identifying the importance of the one who wore them. So I need you to know I am important. <laughs> this, yes. this is a case of where the original purpose of the tassels for remembering the, 
the commandments was lost because you heard me say that the tassels were, were meant to remember the commandments and then to obey them. So the question to ask is, why did the woman think that touching the hem of Jesus' garment would make her whole when we know that the tassels were a reminder to obey the commandments? The audacity of her to think that there was power in the hem. But she was right. There was power in the hem. As king, Jesus' tassels, his hem held, held healing power. Malachi 4 and 2 prophesies that for those who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings, which is also referenced in Numbers 15 and 38, as the borders of the garment, the hem as we have already discussed. So here was the promise of healing in the hem. The woman was seeking the promise of that healing. She was entitled to have the audacity to believe there was healing in that hymn. And upon touching the hymn, not only did she receive immediate healing, but Jesus also felt the power leave his body. And this was a reciprocal interaction. It's the power of touch. And each party felt something from this interaction. This woman, who was rendered ceremonially unclean, according to Levitical law, which we can find in Leviticus chapter 15, because she was suffering not only what should have been a normal part of her life monthly, but was suffering what had become a condition. She was not allowed to be around others, not her family, not the community. She was living in isolation. The scriptures do not tell us of her profession, if any. The scriptures do not tell us if she was married, widowed, had children or not. We don't even know if she had previous knowledge or experience in the scriptures other than what she had heard about Jesus. What we do know is that she had faith. And I imagine that she had the faith that we find in Hebrews 11 and 1. And the King James Version says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. But the NIV says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith, believing in something we want, though we can't see it. For this woman, it was more than believing, it was knowing that she could have it. It's almost like speaking affirmatively about situations in our lives. Like a self-pep talk. If you've ever applied for a job, or, or auditioned for a play, or tried out for a sports team, and you knew there were several other candidates that may have been as good as you are, maybe even better, but you would say to yourself, this job is mine because the Bible tells me I have not because I ask not. So you, can, you claim the position to be yours. You want to be the quarterback, but there are a few others trying out for the same position. So you say to yourself, I am a great quarterback. I am great at reading the defense and throwing the ball to the right players. You're auditioning for the lead in a school play. You say to yourself, I am the lead. I am skilled at delivering lines. There are two scriptures that many people rely on when engaging in self-pep talks. Romans 4 and 17 and Proverbs 18 and 21. Proverbs 18 and 21 says that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. Romans 4 and, 4 and, 4 and 17 says that God called those things that be not as though they were. When we think about this woman and the audacity to believe, I imagine that she saw herself as healed, whole, restored, and reconciled. I imagine that she saw herself, that she may have said, when I'm healed, 
I can see my family again. When I am healed, I can see my friends again. When I am healed, I can. And she filled in the blank. She was calling those things that were not into existence. She was speaking life into her situation. We often tell our children that they can be anything they want to be. They can accomplish anything that they set their minds to. It is the same for anyone, man, woman, girl, or boy, no matter the situation. How is it that we can accomplish our goals and our desires if not for visualizing the intended outcome and going after it? And this is exactly what that woman did. She is championed as a risk taker, as one that took matters into her own hands and sought to position herself for healing, knowing that she was ceremonially unclean, knowing that she should not be seen nor be in the public. Not only did she risk her life, but she chose to put others in harm's way for her own healing. To be ceremonially unclean meant that if she touched someone else, they too were rendered unclean. So here she is, pressing her way, pressing her way through the crowd, touching people as she pressed and passed by. The people that she touched were unaware of, the situ unaware of her situation. They had no idea that they too were now unclean. So if you can picture the scene, all these people gathered around Jesus and one person sneaking up and touching him. And he feels it and asks, who touched me? As if he didn't know. He knew. But upon her confession, the King James Version says, and he said to her, daughter, thy faith have made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. The message interpretation says, Jesus said to her, daughter, you took a risk of faith, and now you're healed and whole. Live well, live blessed, and be healed of your plague. I lifted two different passages to highlight that King James says that faith has made you whole. Go in peace. The message says, live well, live blessed. The ideal of being whole, to be restored, to be reconciled. And this brings us to the third concept of today's message, restoration. God desires that we are whole, that we are reconciled and restored. It is God's desire that we experience true shalom, happiness, security, completeness, God's peace. When Jesus says, your faith has made you whole, she now had the opportunity to return to all that she was prior to her condition simply because she had the audacity to believe that she could be restored. She's encouraged to live well, to live blessed. She can return to her, her old life, but I imagine her life will never be the same. I like to note that the woman thought that she could secretly touch a tassel and run, but no, she was called out. Jesus asked, who touched me? And she was compelled to confess and tell the whole story. Jesus' reply, served to let her know that it was her faith, not so much the touch that made her whole. Jesus also called her out so that others would know that she was made whole and could be welcomed back into the community. Being called out was also a testimony to what Jesus had done for her. She can share with them how she felt prior to the touch, prior to touching his hem, and the immediate healing and transformation that took place, giving hope to others that might be in need of a miracle such as Jairus, who had come to get Jesus to heal his daughter before this whole interaction with this woman.
The story tells us that we can also have audacious faith to believe what seems impossible can be possible with God. Today, we will engage in the annual experience of signing the church covenant. Our belief in and commitment to God, to one another, and to the community that we serve. In this experience, we will read the covenant and our signatures will attest to our agreement with the covenant. As members of Anabaptist tradition, we are reminded of the core values as summed up by Palmer Becker, Jesus, the center of our faith, community, the center of our lives, and reconciliation, the center of our work. The woman with the issue may have been drawn to these beliefs if she were here today. Prior to hearing about the promise and prospect of being healed by Jesus, he may or may not have been the center of her faith initially, but when she heard about him, he became the center of her faith. She saw healing, which would afford her an opportunity to fellowship with community. And as we ponder her press to get to where Jesus was, I ask, are we pressing to get to where Jesus is? Her need to get to Jesus is an example for us, an example for us all, that sometimes we have to press to get to where Jesus is, to get close enough to touch the hem of his garment. Now I have a few questions, and I don't expect them to be answered out loud, but rather internally. Are we a place of hope? The woman was hopeful that healing would occur. When we enter the doors of First Mennonite, do we experience hope for healing? Are we a refuge, a safe haven for someone that feels unsafe and is looking for a place of rest and safety? Not necessarily physical safety, but emotional. The woman was beaten down physically and emotionally for the, from the drain and the strain of her body physically, but also emotionally worn out, not finding help with her issue, not being able to engage in social activities, not being able to physically be involved in other things. Are we a place to heal and to mend? Looking at the covenant, just as the tassels on the garments of kings and priests, the tassels were reminders of and the command to obey the commandments. The covenant as a reminder of our commitment. When we sign our names today, let's examine ourselves and our contribution to making the covenant live in real time. As we bring this message to a close, I want to share with you the why, why the title of today's message is Reach Out and Touch. It should be Reach Out and Touch Someone. Um, not sure if you remember or have ever seen AT&T commercials that were aired back in the late 70s to the late 80s, Reach Out and Touch Someone. Okay, I see some heads and some other people like, yeah, no, but it's okay because um, I can tell how old you are by that. In this effort, the commercials showed all kinds of people from all walks of life communicating with one another by telephone, and there was a warmth to the communication that said, we are the service provider for all of your, commu your communication needs. So I I'm hoping this works, though. I want to take a minute so you could just watch one video. Oh, it's not showing up. Okay. Well, I'll tell you about it. How about that? So there's this one video, and as I said, there were many AT&T Reach Out and Touch videos. Um, and if Andy was here, I would sing it for you, but since he's not here, I can't do it. All right. 
Um, so there's this one commercial, there's this young guy, um, he probably is about 18, first time away from home going to college, and he looks like he's in his dorm room, he calls home, his mother answers the phone. There's all these things happening in the background. Um, the dog needs to go out, the sister's singing a little song, and that's an indication that she has a date, because she always sings when she has a date. Um, dad comes in, grabs something out the refrigerator, something else is happening, but he knows the routine. There's this familiarity with what's happening, and he just knows what's happening. So his mother keeps saying, you know, hey, Robbie, how you doing? What's going on? How's school? Robbie is doing all this other talking about, let the dog out. Dad is this. So it's like he's saying all the things that's happening because he knows what's happening. Then the mother finally says, okay, Robbie, tell me what's really going on because you're not the only one who can hear what's happening in the background. Just like the woman with the issue, she thought she could sneak up on Jesus and just touch his tassel and get away with it. He knew who she was because a parent knows. The mother in the commercial knew. Um, the commercial ends with an announcer saying, when the people you love come through loud and clear. Friends, are we coming through loud and clear? Are we coming through loud and clear to those in our community? Are we coming through loud and clear that we are a safe haven, a place for hope and healing, a community that loves and serves one another through our love for God? Are we coming through loud and clear that we are the embodiment of Jesus Christ? We are those people that God loves because then the commercial ends with um, reach out and touch someone. We are the people that God loves. And though we may find ourselves hemming and hawing, sometimes beating around the bush, sometimes just like the woman with the issue, risking it all, putting our heart, our feelings, holding nothing back to get to him, he knows each of us and what we need when we need it. He's waiting for us to reach out and touch him. Though he's not here for us to physically touch, we have his word. We have his promises to rely on. Our needs, our wants, and desires are loud and clear to God. The commercial ends with the slogan, reach out and touch someone. And just like the woman in today's text, we are the someone that can be touched. We are the someone that can touch someone. We are the someone that are mandated to reach out and touch. Let us be like the woman with the issue of blood. Press our way to Jesus, reaching out to touch his him, being transformed, and having encounters to share with others. Let us pray. Lord, make our paths clear debris and distraction as we make our way to Jesus. Let us be open to providing a sanctuary of peace, hope, healing, joy, and love for those that seek to know Jesus. Give us strength as we journey together. In Jesus' name, amen.